All right. Good Monday morning, everyone. Oh, I hope you all had a fantastic weekend because you know that we all have stories for you. But you guys are listening to Author Talk with me, Amy Russell. Our guest co-host today is Greg, and our lovely author guest is Kim. So you guys, hey, how's everybody doing? How was everyone's weekend? Mine was a bit chaotic, a little chaotic. My 14, 13-year-old niece, 13, 14, whatever, who stayed with me last week, and I have heard Slay Sister so many times that I'm kind of over the word Slay. I've learned a lot of teenage lingo, which was a lot of fun. She's a big ball of energy, and I absolutely loved her staying with me. I dropped her off in Bastrop on Saturday, and coming back home was an adventure with my kids. Because you know that you are Texas born and raised when your child is throwing a tantrum because they have to leave Bucky's. Because that is what happened to me. So I've decided that my child needs exposure to other places. But that was my weekend in a nutshell. I helped Fern set up for Comic Palooza, which Greg, I know that you were at yes. Comic Palooza. So tell All us a little bit about long. your weekends. Well, of course, did live interviews all weekend long. Met some great artists, some great authors, and actually, Fern was the first one that we interviewed. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And, of course, met some other convention coordinators and some that I already knew. Some. So, basically, it was a lot doing the interviews and getting people ready for our show and getting set up to do media coverage at these other shows. It was yeah. pretty busy. I think I walked the floor. I think we counted between 30 to 35 times. Wow. And well, George R. Brown is not a small place. <laughs> no, it's not. But that Iron Man that I had up, I was trying to get back to it and I clicked out of it. But the Iron Man that I had up, let me just say that one is my favorite cosplay because it's legit. Like it has the little lights in the palms and everything. But, Greg, I think you will find this amazing because I was talking to you separately one time about it. There was actually an Edward Scissorhands cosplay, and I've never seen that before. <laughs> and I, I had said that. I said I was going to go as Edward Scissorhands because I've never seen it at a convention before. So someone must have listened to me. Kudos to you because that, to <laughs> me, was by far my favorite, my favorite one there. But I heard it was an amazing, amazing time. Yes, it was. It was. Greg, was it, was it as big as it's been in the past? I don't think so. Okay. But I don't have the official numbers, but going by eyesight, it was not as, I don't think it was quite as busy this year as it was last year. But again, they only had a party on Friday night instead of opening the floor. So it was completely different, but I've heard different things, but I can't confirm them. So I don't want to say them or lie or do anything like that. Yeah. I would say different. And they did have their mm -hmm. big, some of their big headliners did pull out there towards the end. I can tell you that Alice Cooper had the longest line. Well, I would have been in that line. <laughs> go, okay. I love me some Alice Cooper. I truly, truly do. But okay. I have a question. Okay. <laughs> I would rather talk about Alice Cooper too, but I have to, I have a question. And that is, uh, is it worth if you're an author to get a booth at Combo Palooza to sell books? I mean, is it worth it? 
Because Honestly, see, I'm not a buyer on that, but there are so many of my friends that are buyers. What's your position, Kim? Say something. <laughs> oh, I, uh -oh. I've, I've never been. I've never been, yeah. so I don't have an opinion on it. So. <laughs> until, until I attend something like that, then, uh, yeah, I have nothing to say on that yeah. one. If, no, I get if, they had, if they had all three days and you could share the table, which you can share the table, yeah. But if they had all three days, I think it would be worth it. But since they only had two days, I did. As for me being an author, I didn't feel that it was worth it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, James saw Alice Cooper in concert. James, we need to talk. That would be <laughs> fantastic. I got to tell you, James probably went to school with him. We're pretty old. Oh. <laughs> I mean, wow. So he probably did. Wow. <laughs> But Kim, what did you do this weekend? I am I'm a veteran. So I had there was a, a fly in here at the local airport and there was a, a 1942 World War II era D-53 Sky Trooper fully oh. restored to her original glory, mm. Beach City Baby. And she flew in and I got to meet the folks who restored her and piloted her and just had uh, a day of just amazing meeting amazing people and talking to amazing veterans from all eras and getting to go actually go into that plane and check it out. And that was pretty darned exciting. And I took That's all kinds cool. of pictures and videos and I just hung out with some amazing, amazing people who have, who have served in pretty much well, since World War II up to present day, got to spend some time with some amazing, amazing veterans. Kim, what's a Sky Trooper? Is that a troop transport vehicle? No, it's not like a C-130, the really big, big ones. These transported troops, but it's it's, it's on a smaller level. Um, they were used for three different types of things like uh, ferrying injured or ferrying troops, like maybe up to 10 to 12 troops at a time. So it's not the real big. They're big. Believe me, they're a big plane. But nothing like that C-130 that looks like, you know, a massive, massive bus, you know, that rumbles really loud going over your house. Um, I thought so, because I think that my dad was uh, in one of those planes during World War II and crashed at Pearl Harbor. Uh, so I think he was he actually they crashed in in one of those planes in Pearl Harbor while he was in World War II. And from he didn't fly again. And after they flew him back from uh, Okinawa, he didn't fly again for like 40 or 50 years till I made him get on a flight. Oh, wow. And he was mad at me. But anyway. Well, they, you know, some of those folks, they carry, they carry a pretty story. heavy weight with them throughout their lives. And so I just, you know, I give them nothing but the honor and respect that they deserve and all kinds of prayer. They've got that weight that they're carrying that can be pretty heavy sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Russell, are you still with me? Yeah. Wait, maybe. Ah, Russell, yeah. are you still there? I'm still back here. Okay. What did you do this weekend? My little traveler. Uh, we rested this weekend because we'd been at waterfalls every weekend and hiking. And I finally told my wife, you got to give me a break. <laughs> I get to have a weekend off and rest. So you had to have a break from being outdoors and doing adventurous stuff. Yes, I was. She okay. wore me out. Uh, <laughs> before we go to Santa Rosa Beach, Florida, I'm I rested. So I did nothing except follow all my author friends. 
with all their comma palooza pictures. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's nice. I like, I, I think that's nice. You were showing support to them, which I think is important because I mean, as an author, you got to get out there and get your hustle on, right? You got to go to conventions. You got to sell your book. You got to find mm -hmm. out locations to go to. So having people like Russell to support and share is awesome because he's such a team player. I love mm -hmm. it. I love it. But Russell, let's talk about our podcasting channels, shall we? Are you frozen again? Okay. Well, I can do it until Russell comes back. Are you back? Are you back? No, you're not back. I'm back. Oh, okay. I, I, somebody is doing something around here and disturbing my Wi-Fi. It's hey, terrible. People, do you want to talk about the podcasting channels? I do. Uh, Kim, we are like now top 10 book podcast in America to our shock. We're, we can't believe it, but we are. More people listen to us during the week, driving home from work or wherever. Uh, then actually watch us on Monday mornings. We want to thank those people that are listening to us. Uh, let us know. Amy, how can they contact us if they want to? They have a question. Uh, where can they find us? Yeah, so you, we are located literally on any place that you can find podcasts. Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Google. Any place that you can listen to uh, podcasts is where you can find us. But if you like to watch us in all of our animated glory, because I am queen of talking with my hands, because it's very difficult. My hands are crossed because it's so difficult right now. Um, you can go to our Facebook group and follow us on there and join it. You can follow us on YouTube if you would like to, or any one of our social media platforms, because it does get shared there and all of us are open books. So you are more than welcome to come. We encourage you to watch us live and engage with us. We love engaging with our listeners at answering the questions that they have and just making sure that they get heard to the author that they're listening to, or if one of us can help you in any way. So we highly encourage that. And so we just, we are so grateful. Like Russell said, we are more shocked. Russell, don't get attacked by a bug. We are more It was shocked. a bee. Oh, well. and, you can, and you can't swat at a bee, not because they'll sting you, but because it was a honeybee and you don't mess with oh, honeybees. That's right. So you just got to get out of the way. Well, that's a different, I don't know the difference between bees and that's a whole different show that we're going to have to have because I need to educate myself. But thank you guys so much for listening to us, for watching us. We're shocked. Like always, we started this because we loved it. It was Russell's idea and we do it every Monday because we love hearing the stories and meeting incredible authors. So we just cannot wait. Russell is going to join us back. If you're watching our video, Russell will be back. It's an intermission for him. He will be back. <laughs> but you guys, other than that, on Through the Eyes of Authors tonight, if you have any SEO questions, website questions, website design questions, tonight is the night to get all of your answers. And if you need someone to review your website to give you feedback on whether or not it's going to convert for you or different trips, Tips and tricks on how to do that. That's a tongue twister for me. Um, tonight at 7 p.m. on Through the Eyes of Authors, that's what you're going to be receiving from my good old friend by Brian Bearden of Upstream Marketing. He's going to take an hour out of his night to come and give us information, tips, answer any questions that you have. So make sure if you're jumping into the SEO world or website or you're rebranding, you join us tonight to find out the latest things. He's been doing a lot of author websites and things like that. So tonight is a night that you definitely are not going to want to miss. We do have a pirating books 
session coming up in the new future and a media panel that will be in August. So you're not going to want to miss those either. So stay tuned for more information on those. That's my little infomotion right there for Through the Eyes of Authors. But I know that we have several authors on here. You guys all know I am the one that is not an author. I just market these amazing stories. Russell, Greg, and Kim is an author today. But our lovely guest is Kim. So Kim, welcome. Thank you for joining us. On Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So what was your, how, what was like that pivotal moment for you where you decided to be like, you know what, I'm going to write a book. What was that turning point for you? Well, I never considered myself a writer. It was years ago. And as I said earlier, I'm a veteran. And so I was asked to give a speech um, at a very large veteran event. Uh, to me, it was large. There's about 800 veterans there. So wow, for the first time ever public speaking, that was pretty big for me. Yes, that's you. <laughs> Yeah. So I shared the story about my uh, grandfather, who was the last surviving World War I veteran in this area up until 1994. Wow. And so I shared his story of when he served and, and he was the last man of the last man's club and all kinds of stuff like that. So I wrote this speech and I had to speak for about 20 minutes. And if anybody's a public speaker, 20 minutes is a long time to speak. And so I had to write a 20 minute speech. And I practiced and practiced and practiced in front of all kinds of people. And then when I got there, there's television cameras, there's newspapers and 800 people. And I really was not anticipating that. And I think no one told me because they didn't want to make me nervous. <laughs> so Probably. <laughs> there I show up, you know, cameras are right in your face and it's, it was all outdoors. But, and you know, the veteran community, that's my family. So I'm comfortable with them, but it was such a large scale. So I gave my speech and I wasn't nervous. I was surprised. And I gave my speech and got through it. And when I was done, it was complete silence. All those people and all you could hear was the birds singing. And mm -hmm. I thought, oh, I blew it. I sucked. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And then and I was looking down, you know, and then I looked up and I looked around and I realized that most folks were crying. Wow. And then one person started clapping and then everybody else. And then it kind of exploded. And then I started crying <laughs> because I was so overwhelmed and going, oh. And after that, um, the local newspaper editor approached me and said, um, how long have you been writing? And I said, I'm, I'm not a writer. And yeah. he goes, he goes, who, who took care of your speech? Who wrote your speech? And I said, well, I did. And he goes, you're a hell of a writer. And I would like to offer you a monthly column. And so that was in 2004. And so that's how my whole writing journey began. I was writing stories. I was, in, I've interviewed hundreds of veterans uh, sharing their stories in those columns over the years. And that's how my journey began was just sharing stories of veterans um, and their time in service and how it shaped and formed their lives. And it just kind of rolled from there. And then I was asked to be in, a, in, in an anthology to share my own story, which I had never considered doing because it's a bit of a tough one. Um, but it was time. And so I did that in my first anthology 2014 I think and um then just a couple years ago when the world changed you know and it seemed like all the you know the world shut its doors and everybody was home I just uh thought you know what I got to do something there's there's an awful lot of stories out there that need to be shared and a lot of people out there that have them and they don't know where to turn to share them so that's how I started with the series of my own, getting my own coordinating and, and writing my own anthologies and gathering people from all over the world to share their amazing stories. And 
That's how it actually began. It was back in 2004, giving a speech in front of 800 veterans. I love that, though, because you didn't even imagine being a writer. You just were out to give a speech, and it kind of was just something that happened and evolved. And I think that that's, that's such an amazing story. The fact that it was 800 people and you weren't nervous, I would have been nervous. Like, that was mind-blowing. But the fact that you just got up there and you did it, and it was so moving for people... I think is is incredible and how the whole journey began where now you have your own anthologies, which is When Grace Found Me. And there's three of them. Is that correct? Yes, there's three in the When Grace Found Me series. And then I'm just starting another one called When Hope Found Me. Then I hope to have that first one. I hope to have it published by the end of this year, but I'm not putting a time frame on it. I, I'm letting it evolve as as it needs to. So that's so what, what are the stories about? A lot of the stories are about, like in When Grace Found Me, um, talking about God's grace and mm -hmm. going through those tremendous trials that everybody has because life, life is hard and it, it sucks at times. And mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, you have, to, you have to find a way to get through and you need to lean on something. And for these women, they leaned on God or in my case, because my story is in the, in the, I have a story in each of the books as well, but in my case, I, I was leaning. I was not leaning on God because I didn't believe in him or I told myself mm -hmm. had convinced myself. I did not believe in him um, until your world crashes down and you find yourself on your knees at the bottom of the barrel and you see no light and you feel like you're being smothered by that darkness. And that's mm -hmm. where I was. And so a lot of, you know, at that point and crying out, you know, those gut wrenching sobs that when you, when you, when life is just really, really literally knocked it to your knees and you're just sobbing because you don't know what else to do and you can't take anymore. Um, I was, I found myself saying, please, God, please. So I was crying out to a God that I had told myself that I, I didn't believe in. And that was a bit of a turning point for me all those years ago. And so the women that share their stories, they, there's women that have had five, six, seven miscarriages, and they share their journey of going through that and how the only way that they got through was leaning on God and leaning on their faith. Um, stories of, of parents losing their children tragically or, you know, to a car accident or suicide, um, alcoholism, anything that, that life can throw at you that just derails you. Um, these women have shared, and that's, that's, making yourself that vulnerable and knowing that the book is going out into the world, that's not an easy thing to do um, because you're taking a piece of your heart and you're offering it out there. Um, and a lot of the women are like, I don't know if I can do it. They feel like they're going to be judged. And in my faith and my belief, there's only one judge. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I got one judge to face at the end of my days. And that's all I need to worry about. That's my faith and my, my opinion. Um, but, you know, those who need to see the stories, it will land in their hands and it will make an impact on those people. And that was my main point, you know, and in, in encouraging these women through the writing process, because a lot of them had never written before, um, encouraging through that process and just encouraging them saying, you have no idea who's sitting out there waiting for your story, your personal story. You have no idea. It could be someone in Australia or Europe or Ireland or 
Georgia or Florida or wherever. You have no idea, but someone is out there waiting for your exact words because they're sitting in that same pit that you are or that you had been in and they need your words and they need your encouragement and your love and all of that. So that's the reasoning behind getting the stories out there and how the women shared their stories. And it what, what turned out to be 20 women in the first book, the women just by word of mouth just kept, I kept getting messages. It was supposed to be one book. And they, women just kept saying, well, someone told me this and I heard through this lady and I heard through this lady or I saw this post and I saw this Instagram post and it turned out that it turned into three books and they were all done within a year. Wow. Um, yeah, it was uh, a crazy emotional roller coaster of a ride. I tell you, because I read every single book or every single story. I helped every single woman tweak their story and hone it. Um, that's a lot of personal stories and I'm incredibly empathetic. I am ridiculously empathetic. Yeah. And it was very hard some days to not let all of that emotion sit on me and carry it with me. I had to make sure and said, okay, Kim, take that off, put this over here and breathe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're just amazing stories and amazing people. It, the power of human spirit. And when someone has got a faith as strong as some of these women have, oh my goodness, it's it's a, it's an amazing thing to witness. Truly. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. You know, how do you, did you find it difficult? I mean, you kind of answered it, you know, to separate hearing these stories. And was it something that, you know, if you submitted, was there, because you said it was supposed to be one and it's turned into three. So was it just like the stories just kept, coming like when was it that you had to like shut it off like shut off stories coming and stuff well with the book we had deadlines and all of that for each volume okay it just we did everything in a very short period of time because mm -hmm. so many people kept coming yeah that's what i was saying <laughs> you know? yeah. and i wasn't i wasn't anticipating that um but that you know it, it took on a life of its own and and i feel that it was meant to it was meant to to roll out the way that it did um and I think that all those stories, because it was during, it was at the height of the pandemic and okay. the, the, uh, the responses and messages that I personally have received from people that have gotten the book and read some of the stories, there's at least one story in, in a book in each of the volumes that is just going to slam someone personally, and yeah. they're going to be able to resonate with it. The, the emails and private messages that I have received from all over the world, from people that have gotten the book or someone shared the book with them, um, or they had, you know, church groups and someone had the book. And so it just kind of started, you know, one read it and then they gave it to a friend and mm -hmm. then they read it and gave it to a friend. It's amazing. They're like, you have no, it was like, this story was speaking directly to me. This woman was speaking direct. I feel like I know her. I felt like I was, I was walking in her. It was just amazing. And, um, uh, I got goosebumps, you know, every time yeah. I get something like that and I'm like, okay, this is why, this is why I was, I was nudged so strongly to do this. That one lady that just messaged me, this is why. And then another would come and I'd be like, oh my goodness, that's why too. That's why I was in tears so much. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> I was like on this emotional roller coaster and I finally said, I need a break. Right. Okay. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Greg. Well, you, you answered one of the questions I was going to ask about the empathy and how help, 
how heartfelt it is and all that. But after writing all these books and listening to their stories, have y'all somehow like found a support group with each other? Have do y'all do stuff like that too? Yes. And it's amazing that, um, we all be, there's, there's a, a solid group of us that we feel like we're family members with each other now. And we keep in touch and we have a private Facebook group um, that we still chit chat in and keep in touch. And some of the ladies that were in the first volume, they now want to be in the When Hope Found Me series. They're <laughs> like, you know, now I've got this writing bug, you know, and, and so much has happened, you know, because the stories are about they're they're at maximum of 1500 words. But everybody has way more than 1500 words in their, in their, <laughs> in their soul. You know? Oh, yes. And so uh, a lot of them, not a lot, but there's like a handful that are saying, you know, hey, when's the next one? Are you going to do another one? But we've we've uh, shared with each other. We've cried with each other. We've laughed with each other. And it, we've kind of formed like this this little this little solid core group of women that do keep in touch regularly from all over the world, which is amazing. And we're learning each other's cultures and more about each other personally and you know, it's been going on two years now that we first met each other and, and we're still all very close. And it's just, it's been an amazing ride. It really has. Yeah. I love to hear that though. Cause I feel like one, the biggest compliment, you know, as you who have a story written in there, but you've also put it together and helped all these women is, you know, someone reaching out to you personally and telling you how it impacted them and that it really resonated with them. I think, you know, that's the ultimate, goal i would say for like an author just wanting to make a difference and i like how like you went in with the mindset of just having them be heard and impacting knowing that it would be like maybe just impacting one person a book or whatever you know and i think that that's the mindset from an author standpoint when you write in a genre like this or a topic like this is to just go into it wanting to make a difference one person at a time you know i think that's what you have to have Russell. Uh, so uh, I understand you're writing a novel too. Is that right? I'm working on, on one. I'm working on one and it's, it's a, it's a whole different <laughs> realm. It's a, it's more kind of fantasy and involves like wood sprites and fairies and my dog. Okay. So <laughs> then it's up Greg. Okay. It's your up old dog or your new dog? Both. My, I, I literally wrote, for six years, my old dog conversations between he and I, and I'm the queen of my realm. So they were tales from the realm and he was Sir Digger and I was the queen and there's wood sprites and fairies that live out in the woods and they wreak all kinds of havoc. So I did these, I wrote these on Facebook for probably six years and people were like, what's Digger up to next? And who do you run out? Who do you run into out in the woods this time? So, and I would laugh and say, you do realize I'm writing these, but you know, it became such a, so I have literally hundreds and hundreds of these conversations. So I've already got the books already written. Okay. And now that I've got Dexter and it goes through the whole, the whole thing of how Digger had to leave us and go to another realm. And then I brought in a young guy into the current realm. So mm -hmm. it kind of, it's all rolling together. Um, but to be, I'll be very honest I sit down and I I'm putting all of them in, in some sort of order and I want to make it flow really well. I end up crying a lot because I really miss my old guy. Um, mm. He was very, very in tune with me. I, I live with PTSD and he had him for 14 years 
and he could catch me before I started to fall. Mm. It was just very intuitive with him. And I always said, this is my guy. This is my guy. I mean, he, we were inseparable. And so when I'm putting all those and I'm rereading those stories, because they all were things that actually happened, I just tweaked them, put a little yeah. fantasy in there. Um, but when I reread them, I actually, you know, I find myself laughing and I'm crying and I'm like, oh, you've got to walk away. You know, <laughs> so yeah. I keep, I get into it. And then I'll spend several hours and I'll be like, oh, wow, look, I, put, I did all this. In. All right. Perfect. Perfect. And then I set it away and then I it takes a little longer for me to get back to it. Um, so that's a work in progress, but it's a major work of love on that. And I'm incorporating stories with my dog now, whose name is Dexter. And I started doing some stories with him in the realm. Um, and that's evolving because he's so much younger. So his personality hasn't turned into a Sir Dexter yet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He hasn't, yeah, yeah, he hasn't been knighted. I get it. I get right, it. right. So he's he's like the young guy figuring it out because Digger, he was like the keeper of the watch was his technical title. Okay. So he would walk the perimeter every day of the realm and make sure everything was safe and keeping all the fairies and the wood sprites in check to not be messing with the queen, you know, so Dexter's just learning how to do the watch correctly. So it's all coming together. I don't know when I'm going to get done, but I am. It's a work in progress, but it's a major work of love because there's so much of me and so much of my dogs in there. But when it's done, it's that's going to be a big thing to say, okay, I'm giving it to the world now. Yeah. You know, because it's such a big part of me. Yeah. No, I could, I could see that. It's a way to like keep diggers memory and like the fond times that you guys had together me fern and greg russell too we're all dog people so i'm excited for that one to come out i do follow this <laughs> this dog clarence on tiktok or instagram reels he's always he's a black lab he's always getting into trouble and the people that video him have it talk as if he's the one doing it and chewing out you know the humans and i i am obsessed with it i absolutely love it i'm like that poor dog yeah. That's how my dogs speak. They're the ones in control <laughs> in my stories. And they, they were their Digger was, he's always, he was always teaching the queen something. Yeah. Because we're just stupid humans that he'd be like, you humans. That was one of his things. You humans. I don't understand you humans. Why can't you just do this? Why is it so hard to just be still, you know, yeah. just simple little things, little lessons that I think a lot of times us as adults, you simply forget. Yeah. Because you're so busy all the time. Busy, 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 you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely believe that. Love, like, do a dog's love is literally, like, the to me, the, like, purest kind of love. I oh, also yeah. do have cats. And my cats look at me like I'm their servant, you know? And so it's very different because my dog's over here like, just love me, just love me. And then my cat's over here like, oh, you're home again. Are you going to feed me? Like, right. Yes. Bring me my food. Yeah. Yeah, you're in my space. Like, you need to move. You know, that's how my cats are. So I'm just like, oh, man, that's interesting. But I love that you're, it's, you're, I don't know. I think to a best way to, like, embody it or say, you know, what you write is you write from your heart and love and you let other people, like, in your anthologies share that. And I think that that just, like, encompasses you, which I just, I absolutely love. I love that you write from things that you love and from the heart and it's, like, all like passions of love for you. And it's refreshing to hear that because it's sometimes, you know, when 
when authors write, they love what they write in, but like murder mystery or like fantasy realms, right? Which are just cool things. I'm more like a murder mystery. I got to get my aggression out through like killing people, you know? So that makes me happy. But fantasy and sci-fi and stuff I know is like Greg and Fern's like whole realm, but there's a whole lot of other things. But I like how you kind of took the fairies in the woods and everything and you just put a creative spin on it, which this is why I'm not a writer because I just, I can't, I'm not, imagine I can't. It's very difficult for me. If it was an audiobook, I could do it. You can ask Russell. I'm animated, but no, I can't in a book, but that's awesome. I, I love yep. being out in the woods and just seeing something and then stories come to me. That is Russell, yeah. You know, like the well, way a, a way a mushroom is tilted and I'll be like, oh, could you imagine? I don't know what you were about to say about mushrooms. <laughs> Well, walking in the, the forest brother. and being inspired. Well, I don't know. I don't know. They're all natural, you know, they're part of the earth. So I don't, I don't eat mushrooms. I don't think my wife would buy that excuse. <laughs> oh my I'm going to try The rabbit holes we go down. The rabbit holes that we go down. I hey, love you it. know, they've been, mushrooms have been around forever. There's <laughs> experts on mushrooms. I, I am not, I don't know anything about mushrooms. I look at them and think, what a perfect little hat for a fairy. That, see, I never would have thought that. Like, that is super creative because I that's never That's not would've what thought. I would have thought, no. No, I know that's Jane, not what no. you were thinking. <laughs> Jane, I don't know if no. that's like an admission. I don't know what that is, James. He just means he likes the taste on his steak. That's all he means. Okay. Right, exactly. We're going to go with that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. We'll, we'll leave that's what that. I'm talking about. I don't know what all you dirty-minded people are thinking. <laughs> Kim's uh -huh. over. You're about to. You're about to upset Kim. Now don't do it, Amy. <laughs> okay, I'm the one. Well, I'm the one who said they look like little hats for fairies and wood sprites. You all went off. That's on, after off you've been trail. chewing on them for a while. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Russell, do you have a question? I already <laughs> asked it. I've We're fairies. talking about what I wanted to talk well, about. Yeah, he asked oh about mushrooms. God. He wants to talk about mushrooms. Oh my gosh, well, James <laughs> says he sees fairies after he eats them. I don't. Yeah, wearing little mushroom hats. Oh my goodness, James. You know what, though? Oh, Lordy. A movie. Oh, what is the movie? Oh, in Maleficent, there is like a mushroom fairy, little mushroom walking around, but it's a fairy. In the movie, the second Maleficent movie, it's the cutest little thing. I'm always like, I want a statue of that. But anyways, that's the kind of mushroom I was talking about. I don't know where James went. James kind of went off and uh, went off. He took a left turn. Yeah, it didn't take much to get him to go, too. He did took it? a left yeah. turn. James, come back. Turn around. Turn around. Come on back. James is, Kim, you turn, James you is, turn, one, buddy. is an author, a publisher, and <laughs> he's with us all the time. He watches every week. So. Yes. So That's why we can pick on James. He's so much fun. So much fun. Greg, I know you've been trying to say something. Well, I don't know if you came up with a title for your book or not, but I like to do a play on words and like Tales from the Realm, just T-A-I-L-S. That's, um, that's, that's my working title, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but oh yeah, I, I do like playing with words. Yes, I do too. I do too. Yeah, that's that's actually my, my working title and it has been for the two years that I've been playing around trying to put this thing together. <laughs> wow. I yeah. love it. Yeah. 
So that's what I'm doing on the outside of, you know, outside of the anthologies. I, I work on that. I like doing, I like writing short stories too. Um, that's why kind of writing the, the a novel type, you know, a, a different, in a different genre is kind of, kind of intimidating in a way, in, just in a way, not a big way, but because it's, it's just such a different, I'm, I'm a short story writer, 1500 yeah. to 2000 words. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm thinking, then I tell myself, Kim, what, what do you, what are you getting all worried for? You've got it written. You just have to meld and mold these short stories into a nice longer one, you know? Yeah. So it, I like it. Well, hearing so. your story is kind of inspiring me because I know I have a, a lot that I can tell, but I just haven't been able to sit down and do it. I don't know if I'm just not ready to, but hearing stuff like this gets me inspiration. That's awesome. That's awesome. Because we, we all need that from time to time, too. Yes, we do. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. So. Russell needs a lot of inspiration with his internet today. Ah, it is terrible. <laughs> and the worst Scott case fired. is I can't blame Amy like I usually do for stuff. <laughs> you know it's what? That is good. a true statement. It is a good Monday for me. I'm yeah. not getting blamed. Whoop, whoop. Good Monday for you. Maybe <laughs> you'll actually have an air conditioner part at the dealership oh, after. You know what? Weeks. I'm telling you. Okay, I'm telling you. I feel or like maybe not. I feel like today's my day, though. I'm like, oh, I feel like it's going to happen. But, you know, I have yet to get a call. So I don't know. I really. it. OK, so, Kim, I have this problem since Russell brought it up. So I have, have a lot of problems. <laughs> I'm not. I do. I have I have issues. Um, I have this brand new vehicle right, that I brought. I got to drive it for two weeks. Turns out there was a leak in my AC. So they had to order this part. And so I've been waiting. I because I can't control it, like I can't see the tracking on it. It drives me bonkers, like completely bonkers. And I am one of those people that I would call every day and I have to restrain from calling. So I haven't called since Wednesday and it's really eaten me alive. So it's time to call. Right? Yes. I'm probably just going to call and be like, hey, because they tried to tell me that they couldn't track it. And I was like, mm, with technology today as a dealership, you can't track a package. So I may have to go Karen, okay? I may go full Karen on them, and hopefully I don't, because then I feel like they won't fix my car. So we'll see. But no, Russell, today, I feel like today's my day, man. I'm not getting blamed. My car part may come in. All that. I'm just saying. Hey, Russell, have you ever been on the river? Did you ever go floating in the river? Yeah, I've done that. I've done mm. that. I've done have that you, on three different continents, right? Well, have you, have you lost your phone in the river? No, I'm not stupid enough to have it. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. His phone on the river. Russell, Who so did? You. Josh did. So thanks for saying you're not stupid enough to do that. Wow. And Josh was supposed to be really smart, too. I, so did, I, don't know I didn't go, though, Russell. That's the problem mm. is I am actually the smart one in this relationship. And I didn't go. And he took his phone. And he lost. Yeah. He had a beard, too, is what he did. Well, We've seen those people. Know. Float down the river. Under the, yeah, under the mm -hmm. tube, not on top of the tube. Well, there were yeah. ambulances that were called to the river, so I'm sure. But yes, so he did lose his phone. So, anyways, that was that was part of my, my weekend. But I wanted to know, Russell, if you'd ever lost your phone, because you and Josh are so similar. So I was like, huh, maybe Russell knows. I wanted I went down that rabbit hole. I'm sorry. I was talking about my car and somehow I got to the river. Mm. But 
Whatever. So Kim, <laughs> what is next for you? I know that you have this anthology that you're working on and then you have your, your fantasy fairies coming on, but is there anything else that you're hope to one day dabble in? Well, I, I do have a podcast and a television show. Oh so, my goodness. Tell us about them. Look at you doing all kinds of stuff. I love it. Yeah. Well, you know, when, when the pandemic hit, I was one of those ones who lost her job mm -hmm. when the doors shut. And I got mm. 25 years of sales and marketing experience. And my job was being a road warrior. So I was on the road. Well, when the doors are shut, there's no place to go. Right. Um, so I was let go and found myself in a position of, you know, what the dot, dot, dot. Uh -huh. And gave myself one day to be angry and swear and yell at the world and all of that. And then said, you know what, Kim? You, you've always want, you've wanted to write more. You've wanted to put more into that. You've got this door in front of you and it's not a slam door. It's a door that you can creak open like an old screen, wooden screen porch door. Mm -hmm. You know, the kind that squeaks and slam or creaks and slams like with satisfying noises. Oh yeah. <laughs> Those little creaky old doors like from grandma's house. I'm like, I'm going to push that open and look out because this is a door of opportunity. Now it's not a door that slammed in my face. So I'm like, what can I do? And I'm like, you know, I've been hearing some stuff about this podcasting stuff. I have literally no clue what it's about, how you do it or anything. So I got on Google, me and my buddy Google, and literally started one that day. Nice. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't have the right equipment. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to start doing it because I think I have something to say. And I know that I can find other people that have something to say as well. So I've been doing that almost two years now. Um, got about 130 episodes out and the name of it is called Let Fear Bounce. And I named it that because that day that I gave myself 24 hours to be pissed off at the world, I was sitting on the edge of my bed and I'm like, I'm not letting this fear that is floating in the air everywhere. You couldn't turn or breathe without smelling it or tasting it or hearing about it. And I said, I'm not letting fear land on me. There is no way that the world is going to scare me into a hole, not mm. happening. And I'm like, mm. I'm, I'm letting that fear bounce, man. And this is me, you know, like pep talking myself. I'm letting my, yeah. that was the best stuff you said all morning. <laughs> what you just said, that was beautiful stuff. <laughs> Thanks. I liked it. <laughs> I think. <laughs> so I said, I'm letting it bounce. And I'm like, dang, that's a pretty cool uh, name for, for this podcast that I don't know what I'm doing on. Right. So that's what I named it. And I reached out to some folks that I knew and said, Hey, I, I started this podcast thing. I don't know what I'm doing, but do you want to be my guest? And we're just going to get on there and we're just going to BS for like a half an hour. And we're just going to talk about, you know, Hey, do you have any fears? And if you do, how do you face them and how do you overcome them? And what else are you doing in life? So that's literally, I, I just, I just dove in and I just did that. it and having an absolute blast doing it. And then through that, I was a guest on someone else's podcast. I started being asked to be a guest. And the, the woman that was the host, she said, um, have you heard about this, this new television network, believe in your dreams. And I went, no, I, I just started podcasting. I, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and she said, think about it. You, you, you'd be a great candidate to have your own show. You've got a story to share. And and, you know, you talk to authors all the time and 
I was like, yeah, let me think about that. Cause I'm still trying to figure out what it is I'm doing. And I have to like create a job for myself so I can live <laughs> and maintain. Yeah. And so I thought about it for a few days and I'm like, you know what, why the heck not? Why not? You know, I'm start, I did these books. I started a podcast and I know why can't I do a little television show, you know? Yeah. And so I said, you know, yeah. And they said, well, what do you want to do it on? And I immediately said authors because I had so many amazing women that were in the books and I'm like, authors need a platform to tell their story. And so I, it's called the right stuff, W R I T E the right stuff, the author's voice. And so that's my television show. And I have, um, it's a weekly thing. It's on you. you it's streaming now on like Roku, Amazon fire, wow. Google, Google play. It's on, it's a streaming network. Um, so they, they were just released like a month and a half ago, six weeks ago. So, you know, I've had all kinds of cool authors on um, and given them an opportunity to share their share their writing journey. I just ask them, hey, just like you just asked me today, pretty much the same question. How did your journey start? Why did you start writing? Why did you choose to write about that? I'm fascinated to hear like people who write horror books. Yeah. My brain does not go that way. And I'm like, how in the world do you come up with such scary stuff? I'm like, your brain is, must be a scary place to live. And so, you know, I asked them, how do you come up with that? And, and I'm learning, I'm learning a lot from people that write in so many different genres and poets. I've recently started having poets reach out to me and say, Hey, you know, I hear you have this television show. Can we, can we set a time to chat? And I've never really been one to delve much into poetry, but now I am. Oh my goodness. What a talent to take you know, these stories and just slam you in the feels with so little words. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love that. Slam you in your feels. I absolutely love that. Man, you are doing so many things and I love it. And I think that's inspiring. And I love that you want to help authors and help give them a platform because that's, that's what we like doing. We love working with authors and hearing their stories and everything like that. But sadly, you guys, we do have to call it an end of the day. I'm sorry, or morning. I'm sorry. But remember, tonight on Through the Eyes of Authors, we are talking SEO, website, all of those things you're going to want to be on. Make sure you don't miss it tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time, I feel like I need to say. But closing comments, statements, questions, last go around. Russell, you first. Don't trust Josh in the river anymore. I don't. I straight don't. And he knows this. This is a true statement. For and sure. And uh, Kim, tell us where they can find your books before you go, please. All my books are on Amazon under under my, you can find them under When Grace Found Me or under my name, Kim Langling, or just on my website, KimLanglingAuthor.com. Yes, and it is posted in the comments. You guys scroll up just a little bit. It is posted in the comments, her website. Make sure you go to it and check it out. Greg, closing comments, questions, questions, anything before we leave? Well. Thank you for being on. Your story is very inspirational, and I hope it does encourage others to tell theirs. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, Kim, thank you for taking time out of your Monday morning to come and talk with us and just share your stories and how you're helping others share stories and all the amazing things that you're doing. But until next time, you guys, this has been Author Talk, and we'll catch you all next Monday morning. Bye, everybody. See ya. Bye.